Welcome to the Charleston Church Podcast. This is the Unstoppable Power devotional series. We're studying the book of Acts as we prepare our hearts for Revival Nights with Tony Suarez, which is going to take place September 9th through the 11th right here at Charleston Church. Welcome to day four of the Unstoppable Power Bible Reading Plan. One out of seven. I want you to remember that number. One out of seven of all the Christians on the planet right now are living in countries where they're being persecuted for their faith. And I really want to talk to you about this today because it is such an important topic that we need to discuss. And I think it's hitting closer to home to us here in the United States more every single year. We are on our uh, Bible reading plan through the book of Acts. Uh, Each day we have certain reading that we're doing. And uh, if you're watching on Facebook, share this and uh, help us get the word out uh, that we are doing this reading. When we read together as a church family, it really does uh, strengthen our faith, but it also uh, strengthens our church. And it's something powerful. We're not in just some book club, though I'm good, good with reading books, but this is more than a book, is it not? This is God's breathed will towards us And it is powerful when we put it in us. Joshua 1, God said to Joshua, meditate on that word day and night and you will have good success. Psalm 1 says, meditate on it and you will produce fruit in every season. There is an unstoppable power to the word of God. It's like a seed planted in our heart. When we put it in there, there are going to be results. All right, so we're on Acts chapter 7 today and I want to go to verse fifty. Uh, five. Now Stephen has now just finished preaching the second longest recorded sermon in the Bible and uh, here's the result after he preaches a powerful sermon. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven. Oh, let me back up. Verse 54. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into the heavens and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Verse 59, as they stoned him, Stephen prayed. This is his prayer. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. 300 million Christians around the world today are being persecuted for their faith. Now, to you and I, that seems, at least to me, it just seems unreal because I do not feel like I've ever been persecuted for my faith. And uh, I think it's important that we become aware of what believers on this planet are going through right now. The Bible lets us know that in the last days, there will be an increase to persecution. There will be people who, if you deny Christ, will give you favor. And there will be people who if you accept Christ and follow Christ, will make it their business to attack you and to harm you and to hurt you. This is not anything new, but here's what I want you to see. If you study persecution throughout the history of the church, 
those who were witnesses to those who were being martyred very often experienced tremendous revival. There is something powerful that takes place when all hell breaks loose and people are attacked for a genuine faith that when that person's blood is spilled or then that person's name is misused or that person's character has been attacked, I'm going to tell you, God doesn't let his kids get slapped around without doing something in response. And he pours his spirit out. And it not only does he pour his spirit out, but people respond differently. We hear testimonies over and over again in these countries where Christians are being killed for their faith, where people of other faiths see this and convert to Christianity. They see that if that person has something worth dying for, then that must be something worth living in. Nathaniel, look at the, the disciples. Nathaniel was filleted alive. James the Lesser stoned and beaten to death with a hammer. Andrew crucified on an X-shaped cross. Peter slain and then hung upside down. John was boiled. Thomas was murdered by an enraged idolatrous priest. Philip was scourged, crucified. Thaddeus died on a cross in Odessa. Matthew was martyred, slain with a pickaxe. Simon was nailed in his hands and his feet. Truly, it's not that hard to serve Jesus. <laughs> we are so blessed and we do not take for granted that men and women literally have spilled their blood that you and I can worship as we do. But please be aware of this. There are people outside of our country and inside of our country that hate the fact that you and I worship publicly. They want to create legislation. Just keep the church behind the four walls. I remember we had a prayer event at, uh, in Bangor uh, down by the river. And um, I remember just getting emails, and emails from people. You know, you need to do that inside the church. No, we have rights as Americans to freely gather and worship him in church and in public. And we need to prepare our hearts to be strong in these last days. The Bible says that in the last days, persecution will increase. And we've got to get our hearts ready. Watch, we have to be cautious of the fact that when persecution, persecution comes, if we handle it in a Christ-like manner, that persecution will produce revival. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, so those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. God is giving us a pattern on how we handle persecution because some people don't handle persecution well and it shuts what God wants down. But we need to make a commitment together that we will be so full of the Holy Spirit that if or when persecution comes to us, that we know how to respond so that whatever weapon the enemy has formed, it backfires and it turns into an opportunity for the kingdom of God to grow. Whenever it appeared that governments, especially in the book of Acts, were to smash down the people of God and try to disperse them, all that happened was the move of God spread out. It just multiplied in its effect. So let me just give you a few um, points here with scripture on what you can do. Maybe you're uh, dealing with a level of persecution in your school, level of persecution in your college, 
a level of persecution at your job or maybe amongst your family. There are people that watch uh, from different countries that, that tune in that they genuinely could be facing persecution. So let's go to the Bible and let's find out how God wants us to respond when persecuted for our faith. Number one, recognize the source. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We are not fighting against human beings, but against wicked spiritual forces. Amen. If, if you're, as a parent, watching what somebody's doing to your child, bullying your child, you're going to do something about that. You're going to get involved because you know the source of that problem, and it hurts you. So understand that God knows the source of persecution. God knows the, that there's a spirit behind that person. And I would encourage you that if somebody does attack you, don't make that person the focus of the situation, but know behind that person that there is a spiritual battle going on. So recognize the source. Number two, refuse to retaliate. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 19. If someone does evil to you, don't pay him back with evil. Never take revenge. Watch what happens. Let God's wrath do it. Let God's wrath do it. If, uh, you know, if the world, the world media can find a Christian or specifically a pastor who runs off with money, man, they're going to put that on the front page. They're going to make that clickbait. They're going to do everything they can with it. But if a bartender takes the money, you'll never hear about it. Why? Because they're trying to get a response out of us. But we as believers do not change our integrity because of the attack of somebody else. We have to understand our job is to protect our testimony and it's God's job to protect us. Number three, respond positively. Respond positively. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Richard Wormbrandt died in 2001 at the, year, uh, at the age of 91, and he was in, in a Romania, in a Romanian prison for eight and a half years. He was tortured, beaten, brutally used. He finally got out of jail. He was walking down the street to get some food for his wife, and he sees a guy named Barilla. And Barilla was the guard who had actually killed Richard's in-laws. He introduced himself to Brilla. What would you do? What would you do if you met somebody who had killed family members? You'd spend eight and a half years being beaten. This is what Wormbrandt did. He went over and introduced himself, and he said, I'd like you to come to my house. I'd like for you to meet my wife. For some reason, the guard went with him. Barilla went with Wormbrandt back to the house. And when Wormbrandt walked in, Richard said to his wife, uh, Sabina, he said, I want you to come see Barilla. She came out of the room. She walked into the living room and hugged him and forgave him. At that point, Richard said to Barilla, he said, if my wife can forgive you, how much more could Christ forgive you? And it was at that place, at that moment, that this murderer, guard, became a brother in Christ. I'm just telling you, you can't lose. Even when persecution comes, if you handle it appropriately, if we walk in love, if we are loving people, we're not attacking people. We know the power and the presence of the enemy behind that thing. That's still a soul. 
Let's just make the devil pay for everything he does against people by making everything he does backfire on him. Number four, this might be tough. This is a command by the scripture, rejoice. Rejoice. The scripture says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly, (laughs) exceedingly glad. Like price is right, exceedingly glad. When people are obnoxious and cruel and do everything they can to make you look bad, this is what the scripture says. Post it on Facebook and throw a pity party. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It says you ought to be exceedingly joyful. Why? Well, for one, Jesus was persecuted and you must be counted in the number. Here's another reason to rejoice. When you're persecuted, the devil's making a public announcement that you don't belong to him anymore. My goodness. When you're persecuted for Christ's sake, now not, let's just be honest. How many of you met somebody that thought they were persecuted, but they weren't, they're just a jerk. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who have a genuine faith of following life of Christ, and they're not treated right. Now, maybe your children don't get treated right, or a family member doesn't get treated right. This is the response of true Christians. We rejoice because we know that God's Spirit is being seen in our lives. The last thing that you and I want is to live a life for Christ and people not recognize that we're followers of Him. So when you're persecuted, you rejoice because you know His Spirit is seen in you. You rejoice also because you know that God trusts you. Thirdly, you rejoice because you know it's only temporary. Amen. I've been thinking about heaven a lot the past few weeks. This life is wonderful. I thank God for all that he's doing and all that he will do. But for those whose lives are being continually harmed by persecution, I got good news. All the pains on this side of eternity. And when we get over there, can I get an amen from somebody? When we get over there, there'll be no more pain, no persecution, No wrong treatment. In fact, there will be great rewards. And those who have been martyred for the faith, those who have given their lives, the ultimate sacrifice will take the crowns that God gave him and they will lay them at the feet of the one of whom they died for, the one whom they're willing to give their life physically for. And I can't wait. I don't know know how many of us will go to heaven by way of that. I don't know. I just don't know. But I do know when I get to heaven, if I'm not... In that number, I want to stand in the presence of those who did. And I want to hear those stories. And I want to see the kind of worship that they give God when they see him in person. All right, let's go over those four. And I got one more. And we're going to get, we'll conclude today. Recognize the source when you're persecuted. It's the enemy, not the person. Number two, refuse to retaliate. Let God take care of your business. Number three, respond positively. Let's forgive. Number four, Rejoice. The enemy's saying, you're not mine, and God is saying, I put my spirit in you. And then lastly, here's the big one, remain faithful. Persevere. 1 Peter 4, 19. Again, so those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and do good. According to God's will, commit yourself to do good. Amen. Somebody's watching you today. Somebody's watching how you respond. And I believe that people are going to get saved in these last days like never before. And one of the reasons is God's going to raise up people who will be strong in the faith 
consistent in their testimony and others are going to watch that sacrifice and they're going to say, that's not just some weekend warrior. That's the real thing. Don't you want to be the real deal? I do. I know you do. I want to be the real deal. If, if nobody ever treats you wrong in your life for your faith, I wonder if your faith is being fully demonstrated. We're not asking for it. I'm not saying that we have a persecution mindset. You know, everybody's against me. I, not, I'm not, it's not where I'm headed. I'm just saying, may there be such a presence of Christ in us that the presence of the enemy in others is disturbed. May there be a disturbing of the peace in this culture. I'm just telling you right now, oh, I, I, I really just feel God's anointing in this. But we need God's church to rise up in integrity and in compassion, but we've got to stand up in truth. We've got to be seen. We need to be heard because there are people suffering and dying by the lies that are being sold and given out in our culture. Our kids need to see us stand. Our grandchildren need to see us strong. Our neighbors need to know who we are. Your employer or employees need to have no question in their mind, I work for or I work with a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus. And I'll be honest, I think the world will be won by people who have an above average life of Christ. I don't think the world is, is gonna be respectful of casual Christianity, weekend warriors. I don't think they're, it's obvious actually. I think it's obvious that they're not, they're not convinced that they should give their lives to a Jesus when they see others who are just kind of casually serving him. I think that the world and your neighbors and others will watch you and will want what you have when what you have is wantable. <laughs> is that a word, Paul? Wantable. It is now. Come on, do you have do you have something that others want? I'll tell you when you do, it will attract some people who hate it, but it's just the enemy. It's just the enemy trying to trap that person. It was Saul. Man, I could talk about this for an hour, but this is it. I'm done. I promise. When Stephen was on the ground seeing Christ, glorifying God and he's being beaten and his life was leaving his body, There was one man that was overseeing that mob, and his name was Saul, a killer of Christians, a Christian terrorist, a terrorist of the Christians. But guess what? The man that was leading the lynch mob to kill that man, he himself got saved just a few chapters later and became one of the greatest evangelists on the planet. Wouldn't it be awesome if some of your greatest haters become some of Christ's greatest followers? I believe it'll happen. It's happening now. I believe it's going to increase. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who, who are being tested for their faith, maybe by friends or family. I pray for the young men and women and students in our church and our region who are standing in faith. I pray a supernatural uh, hedge around their lives that you'll protect them, that you'll anoint them, that you'll make them strong. May the attack that comes from spiritual darkness be very small compared to the presence of the kingdom of God in these men and women. God, I pray for our brothers and sisters. Let's pray this way together. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ whose lives are on the line every single day for simply claiming the name of Jesus Christ. It's it's evil. 
There are wicked, vile governments and rulers and, and people on the planet that want to do everything to smudge the name of Jesus off the planet. And they'll do ruthless, terrible, cruel things. God, not one person gives their life to you without you taking very great notice of it. That blood cries out. That blood cries out, don't let my example go in vain. And so God, let our hearts be challenged. Lord, help us to be moved when we hear these stories. Help us, Lord, to be aware of these things, of people who are literally laying their lives down for the gospel. I pray it will challenge us to come out of our comfort zone, to be hungry for a move of God, to be genuine in our walk with you. I want this generation to see what real Christianity looks like, even in the face of persecution. I thank you, Lord, that you reward and honor people who are faithful, who are being tested, because we know that if we'll react right, we will see revival. Those who watch us shine for the glory of God will they themselves repent, and they too will become great followers of you. Thank you. Give us boldness, God-like boldness like we've never had before. And we're not afraid of what we're going to stir up. We're excited about what you're going to pour out. And we give you thanks for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I think I went a little longer today, but I just feel God just stirring us today. Let's go to the next level. You know how we do it? Man, we spend some time with God, and we've got a great revival weekend coming up September 9th, 10th, and 11th. And I want you to be there Friday night, Saturday night at 7 and then we're going to throw a morning service into Revival Nights. Uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and then Sunday night, September the 11th at 6 p.m. I can't wait. I already feel an anticipation in my heart. We're going to see some great things happen, and it's just going to launch us to go higher and end 2022 so very strong. God bless you. I appreciate you so much. I look forward to joining you tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Power devotional series. Keep tuning in daily for the next podcast. We'll see you here at Charleston Church for Revival Nights with Tony Suarez, September 9th through the 11th.